اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم لیسن نمبر 37 سورة البقرة we'll begin from آیہ نمبر 277 ان الذین آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات indeed those people who believe and do righteous deeds الصالحات is a plural of صالحات and what are righteous deeds deeds that are approved by the Quran and Sunnah the deeds, the actions that Allah likes. Whether it's an action of ibadah, or it is ihsan, or it is sadaqah, amil salihat this is a very broad category. Righteous deeds. So those who believe and do righteous deeds, وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةَ And they also establish the salah, وَآتَوُوا الزَّكَاةَ And they give the zakah, لَهُمْ أَجْرُهُمْ For them is their reward, عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ with their Lord. They will have their reward with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ There will be no fear upon them, nor will they grieve. Why do you think this ayah is mentioned all of a sudden? You're talking about riba. And then Allah says that those who believe and do righteous deeds and pray and give zakat, they will get their reward. They will suffer from no fear and no regret. Why? What's the connection with riba? When a person deals with riba, then what is he doing essentially? He is disobeying Allah. He is disobeying Allah. He is committing sin. And one sin, remember, it leads to more and more sins. One sin leads to more and more sins. If a person can pay interest on his credit card bills, then a time will come that he will say, it's okay, I can also buy this house. I can also get this car in the same manner. I can also get this education in the same manner. One thing leads to another. Because when a person commits a sin, then what happens is that he ends up belittling that sin. That sin doesn't seem to be that big of a deal to him. And if he can do one, then he can do another one. And then he can do another one. So we see that riba, it stops a person from doing good. And when a person is dealing with riba, then it helps a person fulfill his desires immediately. He's only concerned about himself. He wants to gain more, even though he cannot afford. He's being selfish. He's being self-centered. All his focus and attention is on himself, his desires, his house, his stuff. But when a person is committing righteous good deeds, then he has to look outside of himself then he has to sacrifice. Like there are people who won't go for hajj, who won't go for umrah. Why? Because they are spending all of their money in paying off the interest over their house. They can help the poor and the needy, but what do they say? We have a big loan to pay off. And then, وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةَ And they established the salah. Why is salah mentioned? Because salah, it stops a person from committing wrong. Allah says in the Quran, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ Salah stops a person from indecency, from immorality, and from wrong actions. وَآتَوَ الزَّكَاةَ And they give the zakah. One is that a person is taking interest, giving interest, and the other is that a person is giving zakat. Many people they wonder that if we are paying off our house, then do we have to give zakat? Because technically, we have a loan to pay off. 
So they don't even end up giving zakat. They have jewelry, gold jewelry that they're wearing. They have money in their savings, but they say that technically we are in debt. So we don't have to give zakat. So you see how one wrong thing stops you from so many good things? You see how it has a domino effect on your life? So those who believe and do good, pray salah and give the zakah, لَهُمْ أَجْرُهُمْ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ They will have their reward with their Lord. And remember that just like sadaqah is the exact opposite of riba, zakat is also the exact opposite of riba. If you compare the two, what's the difference between zakat and riba? Zakat is given. You give it. And riba generally is taken. Even if you're paying interest, why are you paying interest? So that you can get something. So zakat is about giving. And riba is about taking. Ya'kuluna. Zakat is something that is a means of obtaining reward. And riba, on the other hand, it's a means of earning sin. What other differences can you think of between zakat and riba? Can you think of any differences between zakat and riba? By giving zakat, a person is earning Allah's pleasure. And by dealing with riba, a person is incurring upon himself the curse of Allah. Zakat, you give it from your own earning, from whatever you have acquired, from whatever money that you have gained. But when it comes to riba, you are taking it from somebody else's earnings. You see that? You're taking it from somebody else's earnings. You don't deserve that extra 5%, 10%, but you're taking it from somebody else's hard work. Zakat is that you give from your hard-earned money. But riba is the exact opposite. You're taking. Zakat, it is given to those who are needy. And riba is given to who? Those who have plenty. Isn't it so? Zakat is given to the needy and riba is given to the well-off. Zakat is a part of sadaqat and we learned earlier sadaqat, Allah puts barakah in the money from which zakat is given and the money on which riba is taken that money yamhaqullahu riba Allah destroys that money there is no barakah any other difference you can think of giving zakat brings a person eternal benefit and taking riba or dealing with riba brings a person just temporary benefit just benefit of this dunya and eternal loss one of those people who deserve zakat, meaning who can take zakat, are those who are in debt. Meaning people who are in debt, who are unable to pay off their loans. Then zakat can actually be given to them to help them get out of debt. But riba on the other hand, is money that you take from a person who is in debt. How unfair is that? Zakat makes you think about others. Makes you concerned about others. And riba on the other hand, just makes you a selfish and greedy person. We see that zakat brings about compassion, it brings about mutual love, brotherhood in society, and riba does the exact opposite. It spreads grief, you know, people are exploiting others, there's injustice because of riba. Then we also see that zakat, it leads to economic growth and stability, whereas riba, it concentrates wealth in the hands of a few people. When zakat is given to the poor, it is so that they have enough to become economically stable. But when riba 
is taken, when riba is given, then what happens? The rich become richer and the poor become poorer. So there are many differences between riba and zakat. So those people who give zakat, who pray salah, who believe, who do righteous deeds, Allah says they will have their reward with Allah. لَهُمْ أَجْرُهُمْ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ And remember the meaning of عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ What does that mean? That the reward is guaranteed, it is secure, and also that it is very great. لَهُمْ أَجْرُهُمْ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ When people are tempted to take a haram loan and to get immediate benefit, this is a temptation from shaitan. At that time a person should remember that Allah has greater. Allah has that which is much better, that which is much more. You want a house in dunya that you're going to be paying off for the rest of your life? Allah has many houses for those who are patient, who establish salah, who give zakat in Jannah, waiting for them. And the houses of Jannah, Allah describes them as masakin, houses that are tayyibah, that are good. Meaning good in every way, perfect in every way. The house of this dunya, what happens to them? What happens? You need renovations, you need to update them. There's something or the other that always you know, needs work. For example, my dishwasher, there's always some problem with it. Always. Every two, three weeks, it breaks down. I'm at the verge of literally pulling it out myself and throwing it at the curb. I want to do it myself sometimes. The houses of this dunya, this is the reality. Right? This is the reality. Nothing is perfect in this dunya. You put the perfect lighting and then after a few weeks, then you have to change the light bulbs. You put the furniture in a particular order and after a few weeks you realize this is not functional. The houses that you spend years and years paying off, even when you've paid them off, still they're not fully yours because at the end you have to pay property tax. You have to pay for the renovations or you have to pay for the bills and so on and so forth. I mean, the problems never end. That you spend so much time and effort and money into making that house yours, but then what happens? It's not actually yours. You might not like it eventually, you might get bored of it, sick of it, you might like something else. And even if you like it, by the time you pay it off, very soon it will be time to go. From this dunya. I mean, how long can you enjoy living in a house? 10 years? 20 years? 30 years? 40 years maybe? Either the house is going to go or you're going to go very soon. This is the reality of this world. So aim for the reward that is with Allah. لَهُمْ أَجْرُهُمْ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ وَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ This is the best part. No fear on them and no grief. They will not grieve either. This is so beautiful. Because when a person deals with riba, then his life is full of fear and regret. Fear and regret. Ask any person who's trying to pay off their student loans. They have regrets and they also have fears. Likewise, any person who indulges in riba, eventually a time comes when they have regrets. Or if they don't have regret, at least they are living a life of fear. Every month they're trying to get enough money that they can pay off the mortgage fees and also they can maintain themselves. They can bear their expenses. Khawf, they're living a life of fear. Every month. And definitely in the hereafter, khawf and huzn. 
But when a person gives zakat, when a person lives a life of halal, even if it's less, then no fear and no grief. He doesn't need to worry about my credit card bill and how much do I have to pay? What's the minimum amount? No, he doesn't have to fear about that. When it comes to using the credit card, is it halal or haram? There are various opinions out there, but mainly the issue is about paying off the bill on time. You pay off the bill on time, everything, there's no interest charge. But if you don't pay it off on time, then what happens? You're charged from anywhere between 19 to 13 to 30% even sometimes. You miss one payment, perhaps you forgot about it, you didn't realize, you missed one payment and that's it, you're charged interest. So regret, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? And fear, what will I answer to Allah? So, وَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ Let's listen to the recitation. الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ الرِّبَا لَا يَقُومُونَ إِلَّا كَمَا يَقُومُ الَّذِي يَتَخَبَّطُهُ الشَّيْطَانُ مِنَ الْمَسِّ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ قَالُوا إِنَّمَا الْبَيْعُ مِثْلُ الرِّبَا وَأَحَلَّ اللَّهُ الْبَيْعَ وَحَرَّمَ الرِّبَا فَمَن جَاءَهُ مَوْعِظَةٌ مِّن رَّبِّهِ فَانتَهَى فَلَهُ مَا سَلَفَ وَأَمْرُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَمَن عَادَ فَأُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ يَمْحَقُ اللَّهُ الرِّبَا وَيُرْبِي الصَّدَقَاتِ وَاللَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ كُلَّ كَفَّارٍ أَثِيمٍ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ وَأَقَامُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتَوُا الزَّكَاةَ لَهُمْ أَجْرُهُمْ لَهُمْ أَجْرُهُمْ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ وَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ So I have a couple of things to share about uh, spending. وَيُرْبِ الصَّدَقَاتِ وَيُرْبِ الصَّدَقَاتِ Shaykh ibn Taymiyyah, he said that one should treat money with grace so that it is blessed for him, not take it with greediness and fear that it might be lost. Rather, money should be like the restroom. He goes to it when he needs it and never resides in his heart. One should manage his wealth just as he mends his bathroom. So this is easy for us to say that don't let your wealth control you, but you control your wealth. Use your wealth to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but don't let your wealth be a means of tempting you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, this analogy that is given is so beautiful that treat your money like using the restroom. That it's a necessity you have to use the washroom. You can't do without it. You have to go. But you're not attached to it. Your heart doesn't stay there. And if somebody loves the washroom to the point that they're spending hours inside, they're always thinking about their washroom, then there's got to be a problem. So how much time do we spend in the washroom? Less. We are not to get attached to the washroom. So likewise, money is a need, it's a necessity, you can't live without it, but we cannot be obsessed with it. 
Because if we get overly attached with our money, then it will lead us to wrong things. If we're overly attached with our money, then we cannot give charity. Then we only want more and more. Another hadith that's narrated in Muslim, and this is a story that's uh, narrated from the Prophet Sallallahu uh, While a man was walking in an open area, he heard a voice in a cloud saying, Water the garden of so-and-so. That cloud went to an area with black stones and rained on it, and the land kept the water, all of it, in water passages that were in it. He followed the water, so the man who uh, is witnessing this, he follows the water and found a man standing in his garden, changing the water's path with his tool. He said to him, O slave of Allah, what is your name? He said, so and so. And he mentioned the name he heard in the cloud. O oh Allah slave, why do you ask about my name? The first man said, I heard a voice in the cloud saying, rain on the garden of so and so. And the name that was mentioned was yours. What is it that you do with your garden? He said, since you said this, I divide the produce of this garden that this garden reaps and give away one third. I eat one third with my family and I reinvest one third in the garden. So... Every year, the produce that his garden makes, he shares it with the people. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gives him more blessing. And he gets more rain than any other person uh, in the area would get. So imagine, this person, what he did was that a third of the produce went in charity, a third for his personal needs, and a third went back into the garden, meaning to invest back into the garden. Now, because this person was giving sadaqah from his wealth, وَيُرْبِسْ sadaqat, Allah causes that wealth to grow. And see the special help of Allah, that the rain clouds were sent in order to rain, so that the water reaches His garden. Allah also puts barakah in that effort. And at the end of the ayah we heard, لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ So an explanation it says here, whoever does not spend in charity demonstrates his weak trust in Allah, because he fears that he will not replace what he has spent either in this life or the last. So spending in the way of Allah, you should trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and when you have that trust that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give back, then that's when a person is able to spend. And when we hold back, in a way we are saying that we don't trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it's promised that He will return whatever that we have spent in His way. Very true. And when a person deals with riba, then again it's as though he doesn't trust in Allah. That Allah will give me enough that I can buy what I need through halal money. And one more uh, thing. Um, Ash-Shabi, he said, whoever does not think that he needs the reward of charity more than the poor's need for his charity will have annulled his act of charity and have it rejected in his face. And I think this is really important because we see people and we think, oh, they're so poor, they need the money and we give, but we don't think we need the reward. So think of it that I need the reward of the sadaqah that I'm giving, not that this person needs. And if you think only of the need of the person and having it fulfilled, then there's no reward in that charity. So don't think about just the fact that, oh, this Poor person needs my sadaqah. No, you need reward more than he needs sadaqah. You need reward from Allah more than he needs those $10, those $50, those $100. No, you are more desperate for reward. So this takes out fear and grief from the heart of a person and it helps him trust on Allah, depend on Allah and earn money in the best way possible. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O you who have believed. Who is being addressed? We are being addressed. Those who believe are being addressed. What does Allah say? He says, اِتَّقُوا اللَّهَ Fear Allah. Have fear of Allah. 
And when a person has fear of Allah, what does it mean? That he should stop doing the wrong that he's doing. Or he should get up and do something good. When do we say to someone, fear Allah? Sister, fear Allah. When do we say that? When they're doing something wrong. So it's a reminder that please, stop the wrong that you're doing. Have fear of Allah, that Allah will hold you accountable for this wrong action. So Allah is telling us, all you who have believed, fear Allah. وَذَرُوا And you all leave مَا بَقِيَ مِنَ riba. What has been left over or what remains of riba. ذَرُوا is from the root letters وَذَرَ يَذِرُ To leave, to abandon something. So Allah is advising the believers that leave ما بقي whatever has remained من الربا بقي from the root letters بقافية and بقاء is to remain to be left over so ما بقي that which has been left over that which still remains من الربا of interest what does it mean by this meaning leave the interest that you still deserve or that you still have to pay off. In other words, don't deal with it anymore. If you've given money to someone, and on that you're receiving interest, so for example, you're supposed to receive $2,000 in interest, that is left over still, don't take that anymore. Stop it. If you have to give, let's say $5,000 in interest, don't deal with that anymore. Stop it. Come up with some other way of paying off your debt. وَذَرُوا مَا بَقِيَ مِنَ الرِّبَى Get out of this fire as quickly as possible. Get out of this mess as quickly as possible. وَذَرُوا مَا بَقِيَ مِنَ الرِّبَى And look at what Allah says, إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ If you're truly believers. Meaning if you're believers, if you truly have iman, then stop dealing with interest. You cannot give and take interest anymore. Because a believer is the one who does what Allah wants him to do and stays away from that which is forbidden. Because indulgence in haram, what does that do? It affects the iman of a person. So, in kuntum mu'mineen, if you're truly believers and stop dealing with interest, leave it right away. Now, when we hear about these verses, about the prohibition of riba, what is it that we say to ourselves generally? That, oh, I'm already in this mess. Now, you know what, it's going to take some time to get out of it. I only have five years left. I think I'll be able to pay it off within five years. I have two years left. What does Allah say? Not two years, not five years, not ten years. Now. Stop it right now. And sometimes that means stopping school. Not going to university for the next term. And I know people who have done that. There are people who have done this. That when they found out that riba loans are not halal, they stopped going to school. They just completed that term. They didn't take another loan for the next year or for the next semester. And what did they do? Instead, they went to work. They paid off their loan first. Then they went to work again. And they made up enough money so that they could pay off their education for the next year. And yes, the degree that they could have completed in four years, they ended up completing in six years, in seven years. But what's the big deal? There are many people who end up completing their degree in five years anyway. Some people more. Some people less. But at least you were doing the right thing. You were living a life that is halal. You're dealing with halal. So, وَذَرُوا مَا بَقِيَ مِنَ riba. There are people who have had to sell their houses and lose the money that they could have gained. Lose the value that they could have had by the end of paying off for their houses. 
So yes, people have had to make very hard, very tough decisions. But this is an obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَذَرُوا مَا بَقِيَ مِنَ الرِّبَى إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ If you're truly believers. So if you have iman, then stop. Now we learn that before these verses were revealed that completely prohibit the consumption, the dealing with riba, there were many verses that were revealed before this as well. Before this final prohibition, there were many verses that were revealed earlier as well. That discouraged believers from indulging in riba, from giving and taking riba, that showed very clearly that riba is something that Allah does not approve of. And this is the reason why many believers they stopped dealing with interest right away. But there were some who continued. So for example, if they had a transaction okay, that was done five years ago and there was still interest that they were receiving and they could have been receiving it for the next five years, they didn't cancel that contract, they didn't cancel that transaction. No, they continued dealing with interest. They didn't make any new contracts, but they kept dealing with interest. So they didn't stop immediately, in other words. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed very clearly that all believers stop dealing with interest right away. Stop dealing with interest immediately. Muqatil bin Hayyan and Nasuddi, they said that this ayah was revealed about Bani Amr bin Umair, a sub-tribe of Thaqif, of the people of Ta'if. And Bani Al-Mughira, from the tribe of Banu Makhzum, between whom were outstanding transactions of riba left over from the time of Jahiliyyah. So from the time of Jahiliyyah, they had some transactions in which riba was involved and they were still carrying on. Like it happens that a person takes a loan to buy a house and that transaction continues for how long? For 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, right? Goes on for a very long time. So when Islam came and both tribes became Muslim, Saqif required Bani al-Mughira to pay the riba of that transaction. They were still demanding riba from them. But Bani Mughira said, we do not pay riba in Islam. We are Muslim now. We cannot give you riba. So then the matter was brought to the Prophet ﷺ and this ayah was revealed telling the believers to stop dealing with riba immediately. At the time of Hajjat al-Wada' the Prophet ﷺ said that all cases of riba during the time of Jahiliyyah are annulled. They are all annulled, cancelled now. So stop dealing with riba. No giving, no taking interest. And the first riba that I annul is the riba of Al-Abbas. Who was Abbas? The uncle of the Prophet ﷺ. So there were people who were paying interest to him. So the Prophet ﷺ said that this is finished now. No more paying interest to him anymore. This is the first transaction that I annul. And after this also, all transactions that have to do with riba are finished. So what do we learn in this ayah? That when the Prophet ﷺ, when he received this ayah, then he completely forbade riba. Completely outlawed riba. And secondly, he initiated righteousness with his own house. Meaning he started goodness in his own family. That the first contract that was annulled was the contract of his Uncle. Because charity begins from home. But what do we think? Well, that person in the community, they should sell their house. They should get out of interest. But we need to think about ourselves first. فَإِن لَمْ تَفْعَلُوا And if you do not do, فَإِن Then if, لَمْ تَفْعَلُوا You do not do. Meaning you don't listen. You continue dealing with interest. What's the root of تَفْعَلُوا? فَعِن لَمْ فَذَنُوا then be warned. 
فَأْذَنُوا is from the root letters Hamza Dal Noon. And إِذَن is to allow, to permit. And إِذَنُوا فَأْذَنُوا is a command. Which means that be aware, be warned of this announcement. Meaning know that this announcement has been made. Adhan is from the same root. What is Adhan? The call to prayer. So فَأْذَنُوا Then be warned, know, be informed of بِحَرْبٍ with a war. مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ From Allah and His Messenger. Meaning if a person continues to deal with interest, then he is agreeing to battle with Allah and His Messenger. It's as though he is going to war against who? Allah and His Messenger. This is something very scary. Dealing with interest is like raising up arms against the Prophet ﷺ. When does a person raise his weapons in order to kill someone? If a person is dealing with interest, it's as though he has agreed to go up to the Prophet ﷺ and kill him. This is the state of the one who is dealing with interest. When we hear about Abu Jahl, when we hear about Abu Lahab, our blood begins to boil. That how dare they talk to the Prophet ﷺ in that manner. How dare they insult him. How dare they come to fight against him. We learn about the battle of Badr, the battle of Uhud, and we hate the mushrikeen. Isn't it so? We hate them. But here we are dealing with interest and we think, Oh, Allah is forgiving and merciful. Dealing with interest is like announcing war against Allah and His Messenger. Allah says, فَأْذَنُوا بِحَرْبٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ And it is said that people who continue to take interest, despite knowing that it is forbidden, and who are happy with this decision, that they continue taking interest, then on the Day of Judgment, they will be given weapons. That here are your weapons, now go fight Allah and His Messenger. Can you imagine? This is something very, very serious. But yet, we think it's not a big deal. Yet, we think that our state is a very desperate state and we have to deal with interest. We have to buy a house on haram. We have to take haram. No. Can you tell Allah on the Day of Judgment when arms are given, when weapons are given in your hand, that, oh Allah, I was in the state of darura? You think Allah does not know you any better? He knows you. He knows what state you were in. And He decided that fate for you in the first place. فَأْذَنُوا بِحَرْبٍ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَإِن تُبْتُمْ But Allah is the most forgiving. He says, but if you repent, if you do tawbah, تَاوَوْبَةً If you do tawbah, you stop dealing with interest, then فَلَكُمْ Then for you, رُؤُوسُ أَمْوَالِكُمْ The principal amount of your properties. Ru'us is the plural of ra's from the root letters Raham Zaseen. And what is ra's? The head. Literally it means the head. But the word is also figuratively used for many things. Sometimes it's used as the foundation of something. The crux, the main part of something. And over here, ru'usu amwalikum, meaning the principal amount of your property. Meaning the main amount that you gave in loan. That you lent to someone. So for example, you gave to someone a thousand dollars. Every month you were receiving twenty dollars as interest on top of that. 
And it was fixed for one year, for example. So every month you were receiving $20 for that $1,000 that you lent. Now, we learned that Allah says, وَدَرُوا بَقِيَ مِنَ riba." Then does it mean you don't even get those $1,000 back? No, you do. You have the right to demand the $1,000 back, but you don't have the right to demand $20 every month on top of that. No, you can't do that. فَلَكُمْ رُؤُوسُ أَمْوَالِكُمْ لَا تَظْلِمُونَ وَلَا تُظْلَمُونَ لَا تَظْلِمُونَ What does it mean? That you do not do ظلم. You do not do injustice. On who? On the one who has taken the loan from you. That you're charging him more than what he can afford. وَلَا تُظْلَمُونَ Nor are you wronged. Meaning, nor are you treated with injustice. That you don't get back your money. No, you will get back your money. You lent a thousand dollars, at the end you deserve that thousand dollars. So, لا تظلمون ولا تظلمون You don't do injustice to someone else, and no injustice will be done on you. Fairness, justice. 